a better context for how to talk about fixed fee and the converting conversion of, to that over these next few weeks. So this week, I want to talk about how we actually structure the arrangement, how we do that with our clients and break up a matter into a way that we can actually quote a fixed fee for each segment of that or what we call stages of that. And then next week, I'm going to talk about how we articulate that value to the client. Well, hello and welcome to the Jay Sterling Hughes Show, where we share the secrets of how we are building a rapidly growing law practice. You know, over the past nine years, we have grown from zero attorneys to over 25 and doing over $15 million in revenue. And my purpose here is to document what's working and what's not working in our practice with hopes that you can take that and you can recontextualize that in your practice and shorten your success curve. My name is Jeff Hughes and I'm your host. And this is part two of a series on converting from hourly to fixed fee. And so last week I talked about the context that we found ourselves in as a firm when we converted from hourly to fixed fee. And I also explored the arguments, the big arguments in favor of hourly and the big arguments in favor of fixed fee to give us a better context for how to talk about fixed fee and the converting conversion of, to that over these next few weeks. So this week, I want to talk about how we actually structure the arrangement, how we do that with our clients and break up a matter into a way that we can actually quote a fixed fee for each segment of that or what we call stages of that. And then next week, I'm going to talk about how we articulate that value to the client because it can be really tricky in the consult room to help the client understand how this provides value to them in a way that they can understand it and have really a point of comparison versus all the other guys out there that are doing the hourly. And then I'm going to conclude that fourth and final episode with how we actually serve our clients with fixed fee and how it's different than hourly and how you go about prosecuting and moving a case along. And then I'm going to share conclude there with the results that we have seen from our clients as well as the financial and the metrics that undergird why we do fixed fee and why I believe the business case is so strong to do a fixed fee and why I believe everyone should be doing it. So, all right, so let's get started in that. So when we shifted to fixed fee in February of 2016, it required a commitment across the entire firm. And it started with me, the top leader in the firm. If you're going to convert to fixed fee, it absolutely must be led by the top leader in the firm. And the reason is, is because it touches every single aspect of the firm and it requires sustained effort and a kind of burn the ship mindset shift to be able to execute on fixed fee. So whenever you convert to fixed fee, let me give you an analogy that I like to use to explain what actually happens within the firm. Because it's not just simple as, hey client, we are now doing a set fee and a set dollar amount for a case versus billing by the hour. That's not where it ends, okay? So like when a baby is born and that little precious baby comes up the birth canal and breathes oxygen for that very first time, what I have been told and what I have read is that that first sucking in of natural air not provided by the mommy, that changes everything in that baby in a split second from a, on a cellular level, from breathing that oxygen, everything changes. It just revolutionizes that whole system inside that little baby. Okay. So that's how it was when we shifted to fixed fee. It changed everything. And it started first with our marketing team that was telling our story 
online and for clients to choose our firm among all the other websites that they're on, them being able to explain the value around our marketing team, being able to explain the value around fixed fee changed everything and how they articulated that. Okay. So when that client would call us and our intake team would receive that client on the phone, how they explained how our firm was different, how they articulated value was totally different than before and how they explained what they're going to be doing with a lawyer was vitally important to have them be able to explain that from a fixed fee perspective and a shift in mindset there. Then of course, once we got once the client got to our lawyer team and our legal team and our paralegals, it had to be so different in how that value was articulated and then how that team served that client for the duration of their case because it was now they're getting paid by the job, getting paid for that result the client is looking for and instead of getting paid by the hour. But it didn't just stop there. Our finance team was dramatically affected with the shift in a very positive way because the work they would have to put into collecting was going went way down. Um, of course, from our leadership perspective, that changed things. And then our HR team, as they uh, sought new teammates to join our team, their filters were different. How they screened for attorneys was different. And how they looked for new teammates was different in terms of what they were looking for. And, and folks that were driven more for, for getting the job done versus an hourly perspective. So all of that shifted and changed within our firm. And it took years for us really to absorb all of that and get accustomed to it as we went forward. So it's got to start, start with that top leader. You, that leader has to be bought in and sold on fixed fee and committed to that come hell or high water because there's going to be a lot of high water <laughs> as you go through it and you and you take your lumps and you make your mistakes and implementing that because it won't be smooth sailing from the very get-go. You're going to be swimming against the current because every other law firm and law practice and lawyer, they almost invariably all do hourly. And so there's a mindset that goes along with hourly that's very reactive. And they're not typically driving the case forward, okay? Because they're going to get paid by the hour no matter how long the case goes. When you're paid by the job and you want the case over with so you can ethically collect those those fees, you tend to drive the case forward. And it takes a very proactive mindset for things to work. So you're swimming against the current with all the other counsel that you're working up against that you're in cases with. In many cases, even the courts, because the courts aren't going to move things as fast. And so you have to be kind of the one to stimulate that progress and th- for things to move forward. So lots and lots of inertia. So also with fixed fee, there is a halfway point going from hourly to fixed fee that I have seen and studied this model. And I, let me just call it a hybrid model, but instead of billing by the hour, now um, firm the firm will bill by the month. Okay, So it's, it's basically hour extended, the hourly model extended for an entire month. So what it would look like, it's something like this where the firm will bill the client, let's say $1,250 or $1,500 or $2,000 a month every single month. And then if it gets to a trial, then there's a different fee usually once it gets to that trial stage. But that client knows that every month I got to pay my $2,000 this month. And if the case goes into the next month, I got to pay that fee again. And it keeps going like that. I think that's a little bit better than hourly, but it's still many of the same business systemic problems are still there. There's still not an incentive for efficiency, for example, like there is when you're paid purely by the job. And so that, there's a big difference there. So it's, you know, 
it's we've considered it. We've actually modeled it out quite a bit to see if we would do that. And I just can't get over the fact that it doesn't give the client the certainty that we want to be able to give them. It does solve some of the issues around communication and but it doesn't really solve the incentive alignment issue that much either. So I don't really love that model. So so moving the conversation now to fixed fee and how our firm does it. Now, let me just repeat to you, um, we are a family law firm and we are in two states and dozens of counties. So we're in the Chicagoland area and we're pretty much all over southeastern Wisconsin from Green Bay all the way to Madison, all the way to the corner where Chicago meets up, the Chicagoland area meets up with, with Wisconsin. And we've got 26 lawyers today that are practicing in family law, and all of them do 100% of their cases fixed fee. We've got about 900 active cases today and about 3,000 total clients that we will serve over the course of a, of a typical year. As you can imagine, seeing all of these counties, you see lots of different court commissioners and lots and lots of different judges and, of course, you know, hundreds of different opposing counsels on cases by the time it's all said and done. And we make it work, and it works very well even with all of those factors and variables that we have to factor in whenever we quote our fees. So I'm not open to the idea that it doesn't work in family law because we've proven that it works and it works very well across a disparate amount of factors and variables that have to be considered or should be considered whenever a quote is given. So that's our experience. Let me walk you through how we go about doing that. And it's pretty much the same between Illinois and Wisconsin. There's a a bit of a different time differential between Illinois. Their cases tend to last a little bit longer, so we peg our cases on a little different timeline. But it's it, the basic format is the same between Wisconsin and Illinois. So let's take divorce as an example. Now, divorce cases are the easiest to do fixed fee on. There's fewer variables. The, the cadence and the timeline of a divorce is pretty much the same. I'm given within a few, you know, a few factors that have to do with like children, whether or not you have children, length of the marriage and so forth. But it's pretty much the same um, procedure through the whole matter. And so it's much easier for us to quote a divorce case than it is for us to quote a post-judgment case. Same thing applies for paternity. Paternity cases are very structured. The procedure is about the same. So for divorce cases and paternity cases, those two are very easy for us to quote or much easier for us to quote and then versus our post-judgment cases. So we only do those three types of matters. So we do a little bit of prenups, but you know, it's such a small amount that it doesn't really qualify. So we'll take a divorce case and here's how we would do it. We break it up into stages. And what we have seen is that majority of cases will settle. If they settle early on, they're going to settle in that five to six month time frame. Okay. Because if they can settle then, it's about 55, 50, 60% of our cases will settle within that period of time right now. And that means they don't need third-party involvement. They don't need a guardian involved. There's not a lot of heavy lifting with it when it comes to valuing property and so forth. Maintenance is negotiated out. And so that's when those cases will settle. So a good number, well over half of our cases, will settle in that five- to six-month time period. Now, that assumes that you're moving the case along from the beginning. Okay, So if you're going to sit back and not do anything for four months before you start sending out proposals, then you're not going to get done that amount of time. But if you're... Moving the case along, that's what we typically look at. So that first stage, when we quote the client, we'll say, you know, Miss Client, your fee for this first stage for your divorce is going to be $7,500, let's say. Okay? So that would be that first stage. And we represent them for that five-month period of time. And we 
write that up in our agreement. This is the, the length of time. This is the amount that we that you're going to pay. And that works. Now, the client can see that deadline approaching. So what you tend to see is that when clients know that, you know, my deadline is up, my five months are up on such and such a date, they'll be very responsive and they tend to be much more eager to move things through and be responsive to you. Now, again, you've got to be proactive in the front end and throughout the whole thing, but that's how that's how it typically works. So now some cases, as you know, are more aggravated and you need third-party involvement. So think guardian ad litem, think Vokival, you know, whatever the case is, it requires more people involved or more time. It's aggravated. There's The parties are very far apart. Uh, maybe there's really high touch issues going on. And so it'll go past that five month time period. And so for that, we call that stage two. So if a case is aggravated enough, it'll go into stage two and the client will pay another fee once we go into that particular stage. And let's call that again, that could be the same or sometimes it's a little more because there's a lot of activity going on. And let's say that's, but let's say it's eight grand for that particular stage. So the client will pay that um, within a few days of that stage starting for that. Then a very, very small number of cases do not settle in that next seven month period. So that's a year, but you five months plus seven months a year. Okay. So a very small number, less than 4% of cases don't settle then, and they need to be set for a trial. That's stage three. That's the final stage. So when we get into that stage, the client will pay usually a much bigger fee because, as you know, trial prep, trial work, all that goes into preparing for a trial is very, very taxing and a voluminous amount of times involved. So let's say that fee is 20 grand at that point. So the client will have to pay that fee once we get into that particular stage. And then we have some other protections in there too that kind of help with incentivizing the client to want to settle the case, even if it's right on the doorstep of, of court and you're ready to have that trial. We'll charge a per trial day, or per, a fee per day in trial as well. And so that's another way that another way that we'll handle that. So we break up divorce cases, paternity cases, post-judgment cases into stages on along the lines of natural settlement times or break times when cases typically will settle out or um, be so aggravated they have to go to trial. All right. So that's how we'll do those particular cases. Now, we also have some other things written in there into our agreement that give us some more flexibility. So some cases are so bad that there's a restraining order involved. That's a new case file. It's a new file number. We will handle restraining orders connected to our clients. So we'll certainly serve them and help them through that because we know what's going on in the case, but that's a whole separate fee. Okay. Sometimes there are discovery issues. And if we have to file a motion to compel discovery, then that's something that we charge the client extra for and tell them upfront. We see that that happens very, very, very small number of times, but it does happen. And it's something that we have to protect for. And another thing too, is that in, in a very, very tiny number of cases that we do depositions for, um, if we have to do a deposition, the I think we have it written in that the client, we do one deposition of the opposing party. And if a client wants us to do more, like for other, other third parties, then the client pays for that on a la carte basis, because a client could theoretically demand that you depose, you know, everybody and in, in that they want to, and that's not usually productive. And if you hit the reality is that in family law, most of this stuff is just not even necessary, but in some cases it is. And I grant that. So that's how we'll handle it. We have some a la carte options involved that the client can select if they want to do that. Or if it gets to a point where there's a, a TRO involved, then we'll charge for that as well. So 
That's how we break up all of our cases. And we do it along natural break times, settlement times. You know, we've got thousands of cases to look at now, and we can predict with a high degree of certainty when the majority of our cases settle. So if you think about how you do your quoting, look at a bell curve. We're not thinking about the extremes. You're going to have extremes. Okay, think of it like insurance, right? When insurance companies insure a 1,000 people for, for auto accidents, they know that a certain small percentage of those are going to have accidents on a regular basis, okay? Not the same people, but of a 1,000, they have predicted that they know a certain number of those insureds are going to get in an accident. The average accident is, you know, 15000 bucks to them or whatever. And so they, you know, underwrite their insurance policies based off of that. Same thing here, okay? So what we do is that you know we quote for those like you know the bottom five percent we exclude, the top five percent we exclude. We we quote for that ninety percent of cases that fall within that range, knowing that yeah we're going to have outliers and they're going to sting. Some outliers will we're going to do well on. Some outliers we're not. But it all averages out and it works together, and that also helps that we only do one thing, so you can get really good at that and be very efficient at that. So. That's how we'll handle those things. Now, there's a couple other things related to this. Um, that's around financing. So we do offer financing in our firm, and sometimes it's very difficult for a client to come up, certainly with that first fee, but a lot of times, especially when they get to that second stage because they're not really wanting that and they're expecting their case to settle, and they'll have to pay that second stage fee. And now we do a really good job of preparing them and advising them, and they see it coming. They see opposing party being you know, just very stubborn and recalcitrant or whatever. And so they know it's coming. They don't like it, but it's coming. And so if a client has some struggles paying that fee up front, then what we will do from a payment perspective is that we will combine stage one and stage two into one fee, one number. Okay. The client would then need to pay 20% of that first number. And then the following 80%, the remaining 80% will break that up into every other week payments over the course of that entire year or twice a month payments over the course of that entire year. So it'll be months, basically two through 11, the client will be, will be paying on a monthly, every twice a month basis for for our payment plan. And then we'll add a, I think we add a 10% on that as well from a standpoint of financing fee. So that's how we'll handle that. Also with this, and I talked about how when you convert to fixed fee, it affects every area of the practice. And one of the things that I've noticed over time is that when we've hired lawyers that have a lot of family law experience and a lot of hourly experience, the unfortunate reality is that less than half of those will make it in our practice. And the reason is, I believe, is because they are so tied in and so used to from a habit perspective on practicing in an hourly environment. They just can't make that turn to thinking proactively and prosecuting cases from the day you get the file and not sitting back and waiting for that to be done for you, but to move cases along. So that's been something we've had to learn and figure out over time. Those that can make that mindset shift, they do exceedingly well from a financial perspective and certainly from a client service perspective, because that's what the clients want. They want the case over. And if you can move the case along, it's 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 incredible for clients. And so we know that is something that we've had to consider and make adjustments to in our hiring process. So we tend not to want to work with those attorneys that have a lot of family law experience. We will, we want to work with attorneys that have, or we want them on our team who have a lot of life experience. Those 
tend to do very well. But if they're so wed to their hourly model, they, and this is so difficult for them to move away from that, it, it becomes just a, a bad situation for them and they don't end up sticking with it because they, they can't make that shift. So that's what we've seen. I hope that's helpful to you. And next week, I'm going to talk about how we actually articulate that value to the client because that can be really tricky and really tough. And it requires a different way to go about your consults. And I'll be talking about that next week. Thank you and have a great week.